0: Max and carry on like we're speaking.
1: Y'all really thought we were playing with y'all. You're lucky that me and JD do care about the people that don't watch live because y'all was playing with our petty, immature, like we're Christians. However, we ain't perfect yet. And for nobody watching this live, you have no idea what's happening. As always, what's going on? This is the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Uh, I'm here with JD. And we had some people waiting in the waiting room before the live went. And uh, they were saying things purposely to troll JD and myself. So
0: yeah, we uh, yeah. we
1: had to purposely delay the podcast as a punishment.
0: I be, feel like it was absolutely, absolutely, and punishment will be given out. Like like you guys carry on with that with that with that blasphemy, then we <laughs> we might just we might just cancel the Thursday cancel episode, cancel the entire so Bible reading if y'all keep
1: talking yeah. about pickles. I'm just yeah.
0: saying. That's what's up. I'm just we'll saying. Skip. That it's disgusting. <laughs> You carry on mentioning pickles, and we're going to skip the book of Leviticus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, they might. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. you're going to build something you're going to create something they're going to start getting the photoshop pickles they're going to have a dude uh they're going to have a pickle split in the red sea it's going to get crazy, it's going to get
0: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so what's, what's going up? on everybody? For everybody
1: watching on uh, tiktok as always you can view in but we've got a bunch of people over here on youtube if you want to join the conversation you can go ahead and hop over to youtube and link is in the uh profile Uh, I don't know if JD's live, but if he is and your people can hear me over there, same thing goes for them. But tonight we really wanted to have more of an open discussion with people while also talking about it, because as the title says, which I always forget what side I'm on, uh, discernment, right? We wanted to talk about discernment and testing of the spirits. And instead of doing this as in like just diving into the scriptures, because as JD and I know, when it comes to discernment, it's the Bible. Like it's not like a specific area. Yes, there are parts that speak more towards it. However, the Bible is what builds you up for discernment, right? Because yeah. knowing what is the word of God is how you recognize what is not the word of God. Um, so we figured this would be a better conversation to just have as a brother and sister, I mean, brothers and sisters in Christ having this conversation. Um, so yeah. that's, what, that's what I felt like we should definitely be doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, and that's spot on. I mean, we go got a 1 John 4 is probably, 1 John chapter 4 is probably the most, the most referred to one where we are told to test everything and test every spirit to know which ones are from God. And how do you ultimately test if you are not in the word of God? Um, And and discernment is something that's, that's truly lacking um, between Christians, especially when it comes to TikTok. Like like when I hear Christians affirming things of the world, then I'm like, what?
1: Can I be honest with you? I really believe that Christians, and maybe not all of them, but see, I'm willing to say these things because I've been a part of these groups when I was like this, so I'm willing to admit it. Christians that discern based on how much you like a person. And what I mean by that is you could build a relationship with with someone just based on the fact that you both love Jesus, right? Oh, you love Jesus? Mm -hmm. I love Jesus? All right, bet. But when you don't like someone, for whatever reason it might be, you begin to start picking apart their doctrine. And I see it all the time. But when when it's someone they like, we could have differences in areas. It's like, yo, that's my bro. That's my brother. Like, because you know his heart and you love him. And I see yeah. this sometimes where discernment becomes a popularity contest, a group dynamic. Like discernment becomes you're either with us or for us. And like you kind of pointed to the world. It's also how the world has been doing things with the political realm. Like we've become a very tribalistic. We've always been tribalistic, to be honest with you. We've become yeah. very tribalistic in these recent years, and I believe it even happens in the church and it affects our discernment.
0: Mm. Big time, big time. I mean, and we 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 as we as brothers and sisters in Christ, again, um disagreements on secondary issues. Um that's that's not a discernment issue. That's like that's a hermeneutical issue or a um how you've been taught or and this is this is something we were having a conversation. I was having a conversation in the week with someone, and you've got to be prepared to let the Bible confront you on some of your beliefs. Like some people are like, "I've got this, I understand this this way," um, and then someone comes with an opposing view. You've got to be prepared to look at that view, um, and this is what <laughs> a lot of people are not uh, not prepared to do. They're not prepared. Like if I if know something, I'll be wrong somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and this is this is okay. Um, where where a lot of people feel like it it's it's like it's a loss. It's not a loss. If if you've been if you've been if someone's brought something new to your attention and you go and you test descriptions, scriptures, you're like, wow, I never saw that before. I see it now. I mean, this this happens with us reading the Bible, with us going through Genesis. Um, and for those of you who have who've started watching the Bible reading, there's been a couple of moments where I've gone back afterwards and I'm like, hmm. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mike, because um, I missed that before. So uh, again, this is why we continue to read the word of God. And again, um, when we speak about discernment, Paul and Peter and the other apostles refer to this as, as stronger meat, as, as, as moving past carnal things and moving on to them, or moving from the milk to the meat. Um, again, the same thing applies with your discernment. Your discernment will move from milk to meat if you are if you are committed and you are diligently studying God's word. Um, if you are not, and, and this is this is kind of this is kind of the analogy. If 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 we look at professional footballers, um, for an example, everybody he's talking about soccer. Just want to throw
1: that out there because he's in Africa. <laughs> so I don't want you to get this confused as you all heard football and you pictured like a man. A, a, a masculine man ready to play a man's sport. That's, that's not where he's going. Like I just want to that's handball. make sure it's that's, handball.
0: that's not football. You're, that's not football. That's yeah, yeah. not he's football. football. He's talking about football. We're talking about soccer guys. We're talking about soccer, America. America. I'm here for you. America. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, these guys, these guys, just to get back to my analogy, these guys have to train every day before they play match day and this the same applies to american football or or tennis or golf or whatever the case may be you you can't just wake up one day and say okay i'm going to be a professional baller let's put it that way basketball football whatever whatever you can't just wake up one day and say okay cool i'm going to be a professional baller and the same way christians don't get to wake up one day and say i'm going to be a pastor I'm going to be a pastor and I'm going to head to TikTok to be a pastor. This, this is not how it works. God calls, God calls. So, and I've seen this more and more in, in, in 2023 where people are like, well, I'm going to be a pastor because this kind of, this kind of feels good. This kind of checks out for a season. Uh, no, you, you don't get to decide like, I'm just going to, yeah. Yeah. Wanting to skip periods or levels. Like,
1: Let's be very honest. You come to Christ, you're a baby in the flesh. And, and uh, 1 Corinthians 3, Paul addresses born-again believers as in the flesh, infants in Christ, right? You have a journey, and people want to jump. It's like that meme that you see with a person trying to like step to the like fourth step first, and you can just insert whatever. That's what a lot of people want to do. They want to jump to leaders. We've talked about this before on this app. Uh, before on the on this podcast, actually, about how people come to Christ and within a year they're ready to be leaders. Yeah. They they want to get online, they get a phone, they want to lead, and it's like, yo, wait a minute! Like this is a journey. You got to grow up in the Spirit, and yeah. and you bring up yeah. that great point. And and a lot of people, you said something at the beginning of it that made me think about when people the way somehow some people treat the sermon. It's whenever they face something, they run to the Bible and try and find like the response to it rather than knowing it. And if you use that in the self-defense kind of uh, mindset, you use sports, but self-defense, for example, if you treated the uh, self-defense that way, like every time I'm about to get punched in the face, I'm like, hold on, go to the manual block like this. You, You would get beat up every single time you walk out the house. You can't just keep running because eventually you're going to stumble somewhere in that Bible. Like you're going to go back and Google, oh man, that dude said that. And that really messes with my beliefs, scripture that rebuts. And then you're just really looking for someone else's interpretation of it. Mm, And and mm. then you're leaning on this part. It's like, if you don't get to know that word, you're going to get back into a corner and end up doing something stupid where Mm. you didn't, where you would have known the word in the first place.
0: Yeah. Amen, bro. Amen. I mean, that, that pretty much sums up the points I'm trying to make. Is mm-hmm. and and I'm saying this because like um I see a lot of my brothers and sisters. Again, you guys need to learn. Um, and I say you guys because this is something that 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 really took me a while. You need to learn to put the phone down, get away from TikTok for a minute, and say, I'm going to actively spend time with God. Like nothing else, me and the word of God, and I'm going to go through the word of God. And again, you see some Christians, the professing Christians who who come up and they, they have whack, whack exegesis. And you're like, how did you get there? Like, how did you get there? And when you ask them a question like, where did you study? Or how did you study? Then it's like, God doesn't, God qualifies the cult, God, does, no, that's not an answer, that's, that's not an answer, I want to know how you got to that, like, before we went live, I was just showing, I was just showing Mike, this, this book here, uh, <clears throat> biblical hermeneutics, now, this is five views, five opposing views, just on, let me just make a big, there. this book here, and this is, this is by, uh, the contributions are by Craig Blomberg, Richard B. Uh, Gaffin, Scott Spencer, Robert Wall, um, Beth Stovall, Stanley Porter. So we've got we've got a couple of and just to give you their credentials, Craig Blomberg is of Denver Seminary, um, Scott Spencer is Baptist Theological Seminary um, at Richmond. Um, Merrill Westphal is of Fordham University. Richard Gaffin is of Westminster Theological Seminary. And Robert Wall is of Seattle Pacific University. And we see that they take just Matthew 2, just Matthew chapter 2, and they show you how five opposing views from the same two verses. And they literally, this entire book is based on two verses. And when you read... It's it's insight. It's absolutely this man told me
1: about this book. I was like, I I need to go to this part of the Bible because on the top of my head, when you say Matthew 213, I'm not thinking like it's not popping in my head where that's at, right? Obviously, I know where about in the gospel of Matthew it's going to be, but I'm like, what exactly is that? That they wrote entire books on this. And I went and I read it, and I'm just like, what they arguing? (laughs) What I need to know. When we get done this podcast, I need you to sit down and break this down to me. I need to know how they wrote a book on that because, man, that's 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 some stuff right there.
0: Yeah. And again, the, the point of the book is to show you how how uh, biblical <laughs> biblical exegesis is is absolutely so imperative imperative to anyone looking to preach the word of God if you if you get up and you say okay cool and yes here's, here's something I'm gonna say flat out when people are like why don't you have your own church uh I'm not ready <clears throat> that's it I'm not ready um the more I read the word of God the more I study the word of God the less I know um some days I sit here and I'm like do I even know anything <laughs> like it's like I look and I, I look at God and I'm like there is literally when we look at the psalmist where he says, who can know your depths, who can know you, who can truly know how good you are. Like you sit here and you go through certain scriptures and you're like, this is mind blowing. This is mind blowing. And and the Holy Spirit does reveal it to us. But there is a way that we are to interpret the Bible. And there is a way that is very dangerous. And what what do we read in Proverbs? He says, there is a way to man that seems good, but it ends in the way of death. So again, if you are following a Christian with bad hermeneutics, with bad exegesis, then you are going to have bad theology, like really bad theology. And this can cripple your walk with God. Um, So again, like, I uh, encourage you to always take whatever I say, whatever Mike says, whatever we say on this podcast, and if you've got real questions about something we've said, put it to the test um, and let us know about those questions. Because, again, we're not above reproof. We're not above correction. In fact, we we love it um, if someone can come up to us and say, this is my view on Can I clarify real
1: quick one thing? respectful like if you walk in and you're just like no yeah. you're wrong and it's like you heretic false teacher we'll probably just ignore you because then i don't want people to hear what jd says and then you get people to say no you're not because i've been trying to correct you for months okay <laughs> uh uh acknowledgeable worth acknowledging correction right respectful the proper way that a christian would go about doing it for those yeah. people out there you know those kind of people yeah no that that's not correction
0: yeah uh, exactly exactly um, and I saw someone say JD should play some Christian music on the guitar my guitar playing skills it's like it's like a tortoise with a handbrake bro it's useless like <laughs> it's like that's how much I don't play the guitar well at all so that's that's more that's more for show <laughs> it's like a it's like a background it's a backdrop guitar
1: yeah I was actually wondering if I'm not going to lie when you're sitting, there, I'm like, I wonder if he plays guitar. But now you answered the question. But um, yeah, first, John, well, we we started with that. And I kind of wanted to go back to that real quick and actually bring it up on screen, Um, because like you said, that is the one scripture that we do see, like the testing of the spirit. So I felt we should at least read it Um, and go through that real quick. So let me go ahead and open that up. Here it comes on screen. And there we go. I like it when it decides to work. So it starts, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And when I hear that, I'm stopping there for a reason because you notice he's not talking about a possibility. Like, I think this needs to be aware, too. Like, there's honestly with J.D., when you were talking, there's a lot that you said that, like, when it comes to discernment, this is probably like something we should discuss monthly. Because it's important to discuss. Because it's not an overnight thing also. Like the sermon isn't like one night you do something and you have good discernment. It's something you constantly have to to work on. And I think like you were talking about earlier, a lot of people are malnourished from the word. Like we just, in American church, we're not doing it properly. And since people are malnourished for it, they crave it. And so they'll go anywhere. But we have to understand there are false prophets out there. It's not a maybe. It is. In fact, Jesus tells us, beware which means be on guard, not if it comes by, you know, at that time you'll handle it. No, beware, be worried. Yeah, Keep your eyes open. In fact, he says, be gentle as doves, but as cunning as a serpent. Depending on your translation, it might have been worded a little differently. Right. So I want to remind you that it's not a maybe. There are people out there that want to mislead and want to pull people away from the right direction. And a lot of problems in this society, like I said, it's a long-term thing because if you lack discipleship, you have a lot of people that are sprouting up the the seed on rooted ground. And what is the first part of that parable? The first part of that parable is that Satan comes and and grabs the seeds that don't take root at all, right? That's what these are. Someone with the seeds are getting planted because we plant the seeds. The seeds only come from us. The, The word of God, the gospel but there is so much going on that tries to prevent the seeds from landing in people's hearts. And it's things that Satan is, is feeding into them through this world. And we have to remember that at all times. And he says, by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And I, and I want to make sure that we understand that I love John is so specific with how he writes so specific with how he writes. We see it all the way back in John chapter one. Notice he says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, right? So first okay. it's about knowing who Jesus is, the, the the man Jesus, right? Because, you know, lots of people recognize the man Jesus. But now on top of that, you have to confess not only that you know who the man Jesus is, but that he's not just a man. He came in the flesh, which is literally uh, pointing to the fact of understanding who he is people say why do I have to believe in the Trinity? It's not that you have to know how that works but you have to believe Jesus is fully man fully God right you can't deny the truth of who Jesus is because then you have a false Christ same thing yep. with uh, uh, denying you know a lot of different things but Paul I mean uh, John makes it clear here that I knowing who Jesus is and knowing it in depth is is really the thing and how do we know this is the truth? Well, look at what Jesus says to Peter in Matthew 16, J.D. He said, who am I? And when he said who he is, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Only my father in heaven. There's a Amen. point where the father opens your eyes to who he is. I, I was reading another scripture recently that said um, all that the father has given him. And then, no, it said, no one knows the father. I don't know where it's at. One of my Bible uh, nerds here that I love to death is going to help me out. It says, no one knows the father except the son and no one knows the son except the father. The son yeah. allows, and whoever the son allows to know the father or it reveals the father too, right? Uh, Where is yeah. that? You know what I'm talking I about mean, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean- So
1: my point, <coughs> my point though is that, To know who he is. And it goes back to what we talked about before, about like Jesus saying, I never knew you. uh, uh, And Jeremiah 9 saying, let the one who boasts, boast that he knows me. It's about knowing really who he is. And I think that's why true believers recognize each other. Because we recognize, regardless of what our our doctrines might be in some small areas, we're talking about that same God. All the attributes match. Because when I talk with someone that I don't agree with on doctrinally, I also notice a difference in the Jesus that we praise to uh, worship. Cuz so it's like wait a minute, you believe he he does what and and it works that yeah, way. Yeah. what? It's like almost a different Jesus, but because mm. we hear that name Jesus, we're still we want to link with them, but it's like wait a minute. That's that's not Jesus. Like eternal security. People wonder why we get so hype about that. Cuz he saves yeah. perfectly. Amen. What do you mean?
0: <laughs> Amen. I mean, if you if you go to Philippians 1, verses 9 and 10, um, in the meantime, but yeah, we... I love him so much. I
1: knew Chris was in here and he was going to have our back.
0: I mean, <laughs> there we go. But I mean, if you look at the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 66, he says, teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. So what? why does he say that? You know, teach me good discernment, for I believe in your commandments. So what comes first? He has believed. So us as Christians today, what what do we, and we, we went through this when, and those of you haven't watched it, we went through the Sermon on the Mount Jesus Christ, and we see this, his command to the Christian today is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your being, your entire man, is to love God above all things. And then secondly, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we see we see Paul put emphasis on this where he says in Philippians he says to us look more on the needs of others than on the needs of yourself. Um, and here yeah, the psalmist makes it so abundantly clear. And and this is where people don't unless Proverbs and Psalms like that's a daily read because if we go to Proverbs two verse three he says to us for if you cry for discernment lift your voice for understanding lift your voice for understanding so. Again, we cry out for discernment from God. We cry out for discernment from God and the Psalmist and his son, David and Solomon have made this so abundantly clear in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, as well as Ecclesiastes. But we see this, that you cannot have discernment if you do not have true belief. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) You cannot have discernment if you do not have true belief. People are going to say, what do you mean true belief? I'm like, Are you willing to let the Bible tell you who you are or are you going to read the Bible and tell the Bible who Jesus is? And this is this is this is what we see. This is where the difference between isogeting and exegeting. We have a lot of people who will tell you who Jesus is, despite the text telling us very clearly that that's not who Jesus is. I have a lot of people say, Well, this is who Jesus is. I mean, that that little bishop, that archbishop dude with the purple that you stitched the one oh, day. Oh, oh. I mean, he's he's absolutely apostate. That's right.
1: That's he that. is
0: apostate. Um, his doctrine is filled with mud, it's 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 heresy upon profanity upon blasphemy. There is absolutely no truth coming out of his mouth when he says. Jesus loves everybody all the same. And he did that, and you, No.
1: Come. I got to stop you, JD, because I said I want this to be a conversation. And we have someone in here that I want to hear something. Adeline, you, you're you new here. At least is the first time I'm seeing your username. And I want to address you to help others that have these same questions. And, and because your question is really something I want you to understand. JD and I share this a lot, and we need to maybe repeat it more often for new viewers. The conversations we're having here are for the road of, dis- uh, of, of of sanctification, of a journey with Christ. You see, I know a lot of Christians have led you to believe that you have a road to salvation that you need to complete. And you got to make sure you don't eat the wrong thing. You don't go to the church on the wrong day. You don't do the wrong thing. But the truth is, Jesus went forward on that road. It actually says, look to him, your forerunner, your anchor. He is the founder and perfecter of your faith. Our road is a road of sanctification. Our road is a path of his goodness where he grows us and builds us. So we do often in this podcast talk about things that we ought to do. We never discuss things that we have to do, but that we ought to do. Because with a father, it doesn't matter if you have to do it or not. If it's your father in heaven, you ought to do it. Just like with my parents, I'm 36. My mother has no authority over me. But if my mother came out of her room right now because I take care of my mother and and said, I need you to drive down the street and go get me something. I don't go because I have to go. It's my mother. That is who I love. Likewise, we we are not talking about the obedience necessary to be saved. That's a slave to sin. You are a slave to sin when you that's why I loved your comment. Not to point you out in a negative way. We've all been there. But. I could yeah. see the shackles literally in your comment. What if I eat something I'm not supposed to? What if I go to church on the wrong day? That is what Paul talks about. The shackles of sin in fear of stepping on the wrong crack. And But Jesus went before you. So as we mm. talk about, uh, you know, discernment and doctrine, I don't want you to be sitting here saying, what if I don't have discernment? What if I don't have the right doctrine? At the end of the day, it's focus on the Lord. And and actually, I was going to bring it up Um Uh, where was I at in scripture? But it says, uh, James chapter one, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without Mm. reproach and it will be given him. Like, don't fear that you lack anything. Ask God to give you everything you need and you'll have everything you need, but trust that. And don't let these other people put fear in your heart to like, if you don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do this, it's fear that only Satan promotes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amen. And we have been, we have, <clears throat> sorry, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of power and, and of a sound mod. And we, we, we cannot, we cannot be, we cannot be tossed to and fro with every lie the devil comes. I'm, like, I'm glad you said
1: tossed to and fro too, because that goes hand in hand with what you were just talking about. Like the people that aren't, yeah. are carnally minded that can't know uh, who he is.
0: Yeah. And again we but this is this is ultimately why we started this thing like and we, we were like you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do these podcasts and we're gonna do the Bible reading we can do all these things because we we tired of seeing people beat themselves up when it comes to something that is non-selfific like you saved the moment you've believed you are saved we're talking about sanctification and the problem is a lot of times people are like okay so are you saying I'm not saved? No, not at all. We, you know, we we're the last people to come up here and say who is and who isn't saved. In fact, we've we've been both been ridiculed for saying that people of other denominations are saved. We've both been attacked for that because we're like whatever goes on in the heart, God knows, we don't know. Michael Picano doesn't know. J D. doesn't know. Like this, like no we allowed. don't have the authority. Like, we don't walk around like, oh, you don't meet my book of criteria. You out. That's not, that's not discernment. That's not discernment.
1: I had to scratch the record, but it didn't want to play right away. Did you say I don't know? I know everything. Let's just get that out the way right now. If I'm going to get <laughs> accused of being prideful and arrogant, like, at least let me ride that out, right? So I know everything. There's nothing I don't know. At least let me at least own that for a second. Uh, but no, <laughs> seriously, I'm upset that the uh, record scratch didn't go on time. I was really trying to get the record scratch to go. It's new. Uh, so it didn't want to work. Um, but I saw someone asking something about, uh, you know, this Philippians one, uh, you know, kind of help with this. He who began a money work in you. Yes. I mean, that's the thing about like we were taught, knowing the word of God. Because When you know the word of God, it's not about one verse. People ask me sometimes, Mike, can you tell us which verses, you know, you were talking about in that uh, video? Not everything in my videos is word for word from a verse. When you study the word of God, you begin to understand God's character because he tells you who he is. And some things that aren't black and white in the scripture, you could say we shouldn't do that. Why shouldn't we do that? Because that doesn't go with the character of God. Right. It doesn't it doesn't go with what God has declared in the past with everything else. And God doesn't change. So it's about knowing the word of God. And that's why we trust him, because we have a cloud of witnesses mm. all the way through time where God never lets anyone down. And he continues the, to, to to deliver his covenant, deliver his promises. People are asking, what does J.D. JD stand for?
0: Jean-Dre. So, Jean-Dre.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly... I like Jebediah. That's what I like to call him when he uh yeah. upsets me in my off time.
0: <laughs> Jebediah Dominus.
1: <laughs> well, you know, JD I just is just if your name's Jebediah, you probably, like, I'll take the J and the D from the Jebediah in there, JD. That
0: reminds me of that, like back in the day when I used to listen to Weird Al. He had that Amish Paradise remix <laughs> at 4 30 yeah. in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows, fool.
1: (laughs) uh, Unrelated side note, I was at a Hawaiian place to eat the other day, and it had uh, small kind cookies, K-I-N-E, like in uh, the Hawaii Pigeon Bible. And also the name of the place was Mo Betta uh, Hawaiian. And I was (laughs) the whole time. I loved every minute of it, minute of it um so but all right back to the (laughs) back to the discussion back to the episode (laughs) no but i I love that you mentioned the double-minded thing because when we discuss this and actually think about it it's almost like if you really real if you really take a step back there's a bunch of true believers out there that aren't really getting tossed to and fro and then there's a bunch of people who are just pursuing their own passions that are getting tossed everywhere and we allow them to kind of be a part of what we're doing so we think it's Confusion in the body, because there's some stuff. It's like I, I get blown away. Like people are even taking serious. Like when someone will tag me in something like Jesus is Lucifer, and it's like, y'all really, y'all really arguing about that over there. This, this is this, this, this a discussion that you're having, or can you come refute this and then tag me in something crazy like before when I told you about the uh, serpent seed thing, or just anything crazy, and she's like. All right, look, listen, I love y'all to death, and I'm down to answer theological questions, but there's things out here you shouldn't need like yeah. my video the other day. You shouldn't need to point at the doja cat music video and say that's demonic. She literally yeah. had horns. Like I'm not worried about the openly demonic. I'm not worried about the openly uh uh lying denominations either. For discernment, it's about the one who's wearing the sheep's clothing. That's what I care about. The ones that are sneaking in and trying mm. to make you doubt who God is. I ain't worried about and the then, on the corner. He's he's fooled a lot of y'all to look over there and and and, yeah. and feel like I'm safe over here because well my side isn't that side and and you get in the comparison game not realizing you on that side too and the devil's playing both hands and he got you.
0: Mm. And this this is why I always and and for the those who have heard me say this on Discord when I do the the gospel precisely study which we'll be doing again soon is discernment is not the difference between right and wrong. We know what is right and we know what is wrong. Discernment is the difference between knowing what is right and what is almost right. So what is true and what is almost true. I mean, Mark and I have touched on this in in previous episodes where people go, the money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So people remove two or three verses from a verse or from a passage of verses and the context is lost. The context is lost and it is no longer true. Um and and this is the pro- this is the problem. We as Christians have to be able to go okay what passage did you read that from and let me go back. I've heard so many Christians quote this, God gives his toughest battles to be stronger soldiers. Really. You know that's my pet peeve.
1: So Come on. Uh, you brought up a good point. So I want to uh, open up. I want to read some scriptures. I told you we started this raw to bring us up some places. So before we talk about discernment, I want to take you to the scriptures to talk about the knowledge that we seek and 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 how we need to stop doing certain things. And you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. And then I'm going to take you to a practical application, all because of JD, him talking and making me think. So first thing is 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3. I'm not going to read all of them, but here's my challenge to you. Go read these, because we see a problem where men are following other men. And here's something interesting. None of these are bad men to follow, per se. Paul, Apollos, Peter, they're good men. They're men chasing God, but you can have a good man after God's heart and and a heart of idolatry below him. He's not a false teacher, but the way he's being perceived by your idolatrous heart because the world has convinced you to idolize someone can create that in us, right? So sometimes we always look at like the false teachers, where are they at? But sometimes the problem can lie in us for trusting people the wrong way, for looking at someone the wrong way. So Paul's diving into this saying, did, did, I, did I die for you? Did Peter die for you? Like, oh, you don't follow any of us. You belong to Christ, right? And then in chapter two, he talks about the mature conversations. And I think this is important, too, because as we were talking about earlier, a lot of people crave deep theological discussions. I know this because I visited a French church recently and I left that church like, yo, what, what happened? What was that? It was like, I remember 45 minutes of music. I remember like one verse, a lot of shouting a lot of uh, uh, emotion. And then it was like over. And it's like, I got nothing from that. And then I'm thinking there's people that that's going through that for weeks, people that's going through that for maybe uh, 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 months or years. Right. And so they're malnourished and then they come across someone who's feeding that mature stuff and they want to jump right into it. And what happens is you get the Christian conspiracy theorist. This is what I want to call this. I know Jay can hear me. Um, There he is. We get people now that exist in this Christian slash conspiracy theory world, right? We got the people that yeah. only talk about revelation, only talk about uh, uh, flat earth, only talk about this, only talk about blue pit ancient, you know, all Endheim people and all like, they're like, because they wanted to jump directly there. But look what Paul says about this. Paul says, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come in proclaiming to you testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I've had people legit tell me when I tell them, like, you shouldn't be doing this in public. This brings people to the Lord. I was brought to the Lord by the book of Revelation. You will be too. Like, Well, maybe that's why you're where you're at. Maybe that's why you treat us the way you, you do, because we should be bringing the crucifix to people, not The second, the end is coming and here's the boat, because then they're just getting on because it's the boat like that's. They don't believe in the maker of the boat. They don't care about the maker of the boat. If you convince someone the end is near and and this is the boat of salvation, it's self-preservation. Therefore, they're coming to Jesus in the wrong reason. Because if you come to him on self-preservation, you're not going to look at him as your savior and your God and your and, and your, your 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 shepherd. You're going to look at him as a lifeboat. Like I'm going to use this to get what I need. So we shouldn't be using those mature conversations for those moments. But it, it it gains views, and I people beg me, Mike, please touch on the trumpets. I know if I wanted to get views which can lead to money. All I got to do is start dropping revelation stuff. I promise you it would, especially because I've built up like a hype behind it now too. Right, Jamie? Like I'll be honest, I'm not stupid. I went to school for yeah. communication and marketing. I understand what supply and demand is. A lot of people want to hear what Mike's opinion is, but I don't care. Yeah, That doesn't save yeah. souls. And people go, yes, it does save souls. No, it doesn't. No, it does no, not. It doesn't. Jesus saves souls. Gospel. The, gospel. the gospel saves. The gospel. And that's what I'm here to yeah. do. And so what does yeah. Paul say? We're going to go right down to it real quick because the top part is putting your faith in in the crucifix, not the wisdom of man. But yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. You see, those conversations are great to have among people, you know, I here's the ready for this. Discernment's not hard if you're using it for the right people. I shouldn't have to discern eschatological conversations with someone I've never talked to before because now i got to know who is – do we even know the same Jesus? Because you're diving into mature conversations with people you shouldn't be even having that with. The people I sit down mm-hmm. with, I know who you love. I already know who you serve. I, me and J.D. don't need to cross the bridge of who Jesus is if I sit down with him yeah. to discuss revelation because we know each other. So discernment's not as difficult. You know why it's so hard today? Cuz you go out into the social media and there's 5,000 pastors, preachers, prophets, apostles mm. and miracle mm. workers you're like which one do I listen to?
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, and there's some there's some really good <laughs> questions. There's some really good follow-up questions in the chat. Um my TikTok handle is all right, I'll Sorry. save my practical
1: application till uh, if you. we do some questions. Because now I'm going to show you uh, the practical
0: application. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I just want to deal with a couple. Yeah, yeah those, uh, We those. had one. Actually, go ahead and do it real quick. I drank a lot of water today. <laughs> okay, cool, bro. <laughs> um, How do you spot a false church that is very deceitful? Let me just put this up. So here we have it. How do we spot a false church that's very deceitful? Because I haven't been to church because of fear of being deceitful. Um, this is a good one and and a really good question, and it needs to be addressed and I've made several videos and then deleted them because <coughs> I overthink. <laughs> but ultimately, how you spot a false church is this if 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 anything supersedes the gospel, anything that is elevated above the gospel if 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 they are punting the tithe, if they are punting spiritual gifts, if they are punting. You, you have to be this, you have to be this, you have to be that. Every anything that is elevated above the gospel of Christ. You know, a, a biblical church, a church that wants you to grow in Jesus Christ will take a passage of scripture and read through that scripture and exegete that that text for you and explain to you the context, the cultural context, what it means, how it is applied to us today. Let, let, me, just, let me just say that to everybody that's in the chat, then like, okay, we've heard JD say hermeneutics. We've heard we've heard this word. Hermeneutics, what does it mean? Okay, so here's the principle. Now, hermeneutics is is the art and science of interpretation. Now, if you have got good hermeneutics and you uh, are looking for a church that, that would be teaching you correctly, they will have good hermeneutics. So how do we do this? We read the scripture first of all. We read the scripture first of all. And what does it say? Then... Step 2 is to interpret that scripture we have just read and then step 3 is how is it applicable or how does it apply to us today again churches that that focus on the word of god more on more than they focus on self churches that are generally that have fallen into a path of of apostasy or even that have erred from the truth will be more focused on self it's about me 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 and me how am i better how do i better what i can be you know it's all about living your best life now ideally (laughs) this is this is this is where a lot of churches are at today especially in the united states and and this is this is where south africa mirrors the usa we've got more churches on we've got like six thousand plus churches in in my country and of those 6,000 plus churches, we have less than 40 churches that, that stand on biblical truth. Um, most of them, again, wake up one day and say, I've been called to be an apostle. I've been called to be a prophet. They sprout a church. They speak some nonsense. They deceive hundreds and even thousands. And then we go to the scripture and we see First and Second Timothy spoke of such things. This is where we are. So again, how do I apply the discernment to the text I've just read? People will seek out what? Teachers that do what? Tickle their ears. So how do I apply discernment to the text I've just read? If you see a church where they are taking one Bible verse and they're talking for an hour and a half, getting you all pumped up and feeling good about everything, and they haven't gone into any other scripture They've just read this one scripture and then gone on a wild goose chase, making their own analogies and their own eisegesis of this text. This is this is this is a big red flag of a false church. Massive. I just walked in, so I have no idea what's happening. Okay, so the question was how do how to spot a false church? Um, so I was just I was just going into detail of why it is important to, to go to a church that, (laughs) that, that reads the text, um, doesn't just take a verse and run for 45 minutes to an hour on how great you are. This is, this is pretty much what happens. Um, and we agree with you on that, science behind the Bible. <laughs> we definitely agree with you on that. Michael and I both get. it's like that's like little triggers for us when people come up and they're like, "I'm a prophet." So, so then we like, "No, you're not. You're a liar." Um, and according to the Bible, you're a liar. That's that's pretty <laughs> much it. We can we can we can we can provide all the scriptures, but you're lying. <laughs> You straight up lie. So <laughs> that's that's that that's a trigger for me, especially when people come with, "I'm a prophet." I'm like. Eh prophesy
1: for <laughs> me that's what i want to do prophesy for me for real yeah, like i'm just i know this isn't the conversation but we do have to discern right if you refuse to believe jd and i on this right because that one of my last videos where i really was like look guys i'm not saying this it benefits me nothing to tell you that these guys are true because i'm not telling you to come to me right pay attention to who someone glorifies like if you really want like the uh, a quick off the hip how i discern on the street how mike does First and foremost, where's the glory go? Where is the glory going, right? Because we read in the gospel of John, even Jesus said that if I glorified myself, it wouldn't be the same, right? He talks about how he gives glory to God because it is the selflessness. We can actually read that if you would want. He said, the one that glorifies himself is not the one that you need to be listening to. So I wanna see who what they glorify. Where is their eyes going to? Where are they pointing to? Uh, sound gospel, right? Before we can even talk about what this person said, Right, Someone will come to me and say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so's vision of hell? All right, what's what's the gospel? Wait, don't you want to hear about the vision of hell? No, I want to hear the gospel because here's the thing. God ain't going to choose a prophet with a muddy doctrine. I'm going to be very – and I'm not saying this like I speak for God. I'm saying it because God will choose a wretched man. Yes, he will, and he will take a broken man. Yes, he will. And he will drag that broken man, tattoos on face, addiction, all that. And I'm not judging nothing of the physical flesh. But God ain't finna have nobody out here preaching a false gospel. No, like when someone had a vision of hell and then used lukewarm, 100% incorrect. That's okay for the normal Christian. But you want me to believe that God gave you a message for double-minded people and let you still call them lukewarm? Like... (laughs) You want me to believe that? Like, yeah. And then you also can go into the whole question of why is there thousands of prophets with different doctrines? Like, all right, obviously yeah. 99% of them are lying. So, but, but when it comes <laughs> to discerning off the hip on these guys, right? Prophesy. Because a prophet wasn't called a prophet because he said, I'm a prophet. A prophet was called a prophet because he prophesied. He was speaking the will of God, which came to pass. Like Deuteronomy 18 says, how will we know if a prophet has your word? And he said, you will know if the word comes to pass. For if the prophet speaks a word, it does not come to pass. He has spoken presumptuously and his word was not mine. Therefore, you do not have to fear that man or fear that prophet. So prophesy. What? And I don't want to hear like, well, I posted on Facebook six years ago that a baby was in my dream. And, you know, 2023 abortions got taken away, you know, you know, God put that on my heart. Okay. Like, and honestly, I don't. <laughs> I, when I discern when I get the discernment on a prophet, I'm not going to go back and forth with them, because here's the truth of that if someone's fully convinced they're a prophet, I'm arguing with someone who thinks God is in their head. Like there's nothing Mike's going to say if you're if you're a false prophet, like I'm just I, right, bro. Hey, good luck with you when you meet him, because he going to handle you. He going. I'll tell others, like, don't go that way. Don't go talk to him. But I ain't going to even go back and forth with him. I might rebuke him and keep a stepping because if he thinks God is in his head, what what can I say? it yeah. that ain't God in your head. And that's, God's that's the is. whole thing.
0: That, that's <laughs> what it always comes back to. And people are like, I've, I've had it like so many times. Like people are like, why don't you debate? Why don't you argue? Why don't you make back? Why don't you stitch? Like the reality is, is if I go to, if I find a creator and I just search their name and I see how many Christians I have tried to correct them, what am I going to do differently? What am I going to do differently? It's like, it's like, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say the same thing. Um, and this is ultimately why I love I love Mike because he'll go and I'll I'll watch his video and then I can just unpack and I go, I agree, I agree, I agree. Um and, and we've seen it. Like I, I made a stitch to a certain self-proclaimed prophet as well. And then after Mike did a 10 minute video, I was like, Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be saying the same thing. So um let's see how he responds to Mike. Based on how he responded to Mike, I'm like, well, there you have it. He's already made up his mind that he is correct. And this is what I've said to people in the flesh, in person, who have claimed to be prophets. Because we had the question, how do you know a false prophet? Anyone who claims to be one is a false one. <laughs> it's, that's, 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 you and
1: I know that already, but I'll walk them down that road. If they want, like, it's like when your kid is lying to you and you know already, and you're like, yeah. all right, you want to admit this or not? I'm like, no, all right, all right, you want to go down this road? All right, let's play the game then. This little little prophet. Yes, you're right. You and I know that there are not because we understand what a prophet is and we understand that there is no more title holding prophets. Like people prophesy. And what cracks me up though is people always run to a cherry-pick scripture. Well, look right here. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's the thing: if my if God says I'll pour out my spirit to everyone, that proves there's no prophets. That was, that was the point of a prophet was one man whom God spoke through. God's telling you, I don't need prophets. Now I will pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Like it's open. The the veil is ripped. The veil is torn. You have a high priest forever. You don't need someone in between you. And it cracks me up, but yeah, with discernment for them, if y'all want to reject this and say, you know what, Mike, you know, what, JD, I love you on everything else, but I believe there's prophets. Just please. <laughs>
0: please. Yeah. Exactly. Be careful. Yeah. I mean, Hebrews I, I 1 1. Yeah. Hebrews 1 so, makes it abundantly clear. So we have it. We we had prophets. And yes, your sons and daughters are prophesying every single time they open up the Bible and read it out loud. Um, they are prophesying. Every time someone gives you scripture, the biblical truth of scripture, they are prophesying. This is this is the prophecy that God is referring to. His word has been perfectly preserved in every single language in the world today, even Hawaiian pigeon, as we have come to understand recently. So ultimately, the, the, Man, there, they have right a now huge there are
1: people on street wherever the sun is up or it just went down. There are people on the streets prophesying, speaking the word, will of God. Again, I've told you yes. all before, the gift of prophecy is to declare the will of God. It is it, That's what prophesying is. Every Christian prophesies. Some have the gift of prophecy. And there used to just be one prophet, right? One prophet declared the will of God. You had to go to him to get the will of God. So what was that prophet's job? Anointing kings and, and being the, the next to the king to guide him. Like, well, God said this, right? I mean, even like David would go to a prophet or Saul would go to a prophet, right? So we had a prophet. A prophet, 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 prophet. Like, I got to keep repeating that word. That's what it was. And in the in yeah. the later days, we see God now speaks through his son. And we have yeah. prophes- We have the ability to prophesy, right? So we have the ability to prophesy. Uh, so, hey, Dominion of God, we've done videos on this podcast on this. Cherry picking a couple scriptures is not going to work, brother. Like, I love you to death. I've seen you here before. Ephesians 2 makes it clear that the prophets and the apostles are the foundation of the church. Amen. A foundation. Things go on top of it. Things go on top of the foundation. The church is here. If you're not aware, the church is here. Uh, So uh, there is no need for apostles or prophets anymore. Um, So neither are necessary.
0: Yep. That office is closed. Yeah. What about the fivefold ministry? Closed. The, the the apostles. We even see a transition. We see a transition take place from from the from the book of Acts. We see where where Peter walks in, and uh, we see a eunuch uh, delivered and baptized, and Philip disappearing. We see all sorts of things happening in, in 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 the book of Acts, and then we see them come to a close. We see even. The apostle Paul is shipwrecked, spends a day at sea, three days at sea, bitten by snakes, prays for the sick, um, doesn't just command them to get up. Thanks, God, for sparing his brothers from sickness. We Can see, we be
1: very clear about one thing? This I whole mean, fivefold ministry is also, the term is very new, right? If you look yeah. throughout church history, nobody's talking about a fivefold ministry. What they do is in Ephesians 4, Paul lays out five Uh, positions that play a major crucial role to the foundation and sustaining of the church. In Ephesians 2, he emphasizes that it's the apostles and the prophets on which the church is built. And then in Ephesians 4, he lays out all of them. He says the foundation, he talks about the apostles, the prophets, and then you have the teachers, the pastors, these things, right? Now, was there prophets in this day? Yes, that were still alive, but John was the last prophet. So any prophet still alive in the 30s was older than John would have been if John did not die. Uh, uh, but Jesus makes it clear, the prophets and the, the law, the law and the prophets were until John. And in Hebrews 1, it confirms this. In the old days, your, your fathers were spoken to by the prophets or God spoke to your fathers by the prophets. And in these later days, he speaks through his son, Jesus, right? Who is the eternal prophet, right? Here's the thing. A prophet would get succeeded by somebody who would get succeeded by someone. So that way God's will was always being delivered. Yeah. If you got a prophet today, tell me, when did Jesus pass it to you? Because Christians don't know this. J- Jesus is a prophet. He's an apostle too. Did you know that? The scripture calls him the uh, a prophet, apostle, a high priest, Richard. a messiah. Now we call him God because that's what he is. Those are subcategories of what he filled. He filled the perfect high priest. So you will never have another high priest after him. He filled the perfect prophet. So you'll never have another prophet after him. He fills the perfect apostle. So other than the ones he's given us, you will never have another apostle because you have to see Jesus to be an apostle. Like you have to do these things. There's criteria. And again, It's not saying that people can't prophesy. I don't want this to become that episode, but we have people in the (laughs) comment section and I do want them to hear it. This is not the gift of prophecy, it is the seat of prophet, the role of what a prophet is. A prophet had Mm -hmm. a role. Now all Christians have access to all gifts that the Holy spirit can use as he wills. So no matter if it's John Susie or Billy that need to speak in tongues, because God's word must be revealed to someone at a moment, they will begin speaking in tongues. If the Holy spirit's in them, you don't need to call prophet and say, Hey, can you come down here? I need you to touch this person because guess what? That's the prophet. To bring people to the prophet. No, if God wants you healed, any Susan can do it. John Smith can do it because the Holy Spirit's in them. These men want you to still come to them. It is all about I. And here's the real kicker. If they truly understood what being a Christian is, you wouldn't want to be called a prophet. Because as a Christian, you are co-heirs with Christ. You are a royal priesthood. You are one with Christ. You would rather be that, I promise you. They claim a title prophet because they know some will see that and automatically say, oh, authority, I'll listen to them.
0: Yeah, and and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. In the time, if we look at the time, if we look at the timeline of the prophets, if we look at the timeline of the judges, if we look at all of these timelines, we see there's always only one appointed. I mean, you, you see this. There is Jeremiah and go, yo. Uh, let me call a meeting of the prophets. Let me go get the other 40 God chose. They had
1: some, they had they had prophets that they were raising up, like Elisha with Elijah. He had yeah, young men yeah. that they usually were raising up.
0: But the office passed over. That's exactly it. I'm glad you brought that up because Elijah passed on to Elisha. Thereafter, Elijah is no longer. God's prophet. He is no longer the voice. He is no longer the mouthpiece. Elisha becomes the mouthpiece. And Elisha does even greater things. To as a, to a group of said. people.
1: Yeah, so there's Amen. always one prophet for, for a group of people. Now, the only time you might have two prophets is, you know, obviously no internet, no phone. You got people all the way over there. You got people all the way over here uh, when they're divided and whatnot. So you can you can find at that point there's going to be maybe a prophet here and a prophet there. But like JD was pointing out, there's one yeah. pop- prophet it's not 50 it's not thousands so even if there are profits today you would have to understand that 99.9% of them are false profits because there would only exactly. be one and then we have to ask exactly. ourselves who's that one
0: jesus yep the, the perfect and that's my point that's my point if you just go search on tiktok alone top in keyword profit guess oh, what you're oh. going to get <laughs> yourself yeah you're going to get yourself about 10,000 profits just on tiktok um yes. for free and they all yes the yes the best part all of them are prophesying differently. So this here's the question I put out to you guys. And all got a different gospel. Yeah. Is God the God of confusion? Or is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hebrews 13 verse 8 would incline that God is the same. Yesterday, today, forever, more. So if his word is timeless, what does he say? The psalmist say God will elevate his word even above his own name. God will perfect. Uh, Isaiah 55, verse 9 and 10. God's word will accomplish that which he has set it out to accomplish. And not a single word of God will return unto him void. So again, what is, where do you stand? Like people say, I stand on biblical truth. But then they come with, and now I've got a word from you, from the Lord, that if you buy your KFC at 10 a.m. tomorrow, you are going to get a stomach bug. Like, this is not a word from the Lord at all. And it's
1: always the worst. Also, the cue for it also. It's always the worst of someone here has had their back. You had a bad back. Like, if you walk into any room in the United States of America and say someone in this room has a bad back, I guarantee you three out of ten. And I'm probably low on that. Like, I'm probably estimate, I'm probably shooting real low on that one for the people that are going to stand up. If I prophesied right now, like, I have a message for you, and you know who you are. You had a rough day today at work. Today at work, you almost said, you know what? I'm done with it all. But the Lord wants you to know that that's how a lot of people view life, but you have a reason to keep going. What? I had a rough day at work today. Like, that's for me. I claim that. Like that's how you know. It's like people be trying to claim it. Like, like there's prophets Mm, throwing mm. out like a.
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. I don't mean to laugh, but it's like they throwing
1: out. It's so pagan. I said it. The world is manifesting. We prophesying, but we doing the same thing on both sides. Because just being honest with y'all, people can say whatever they want. Like, no, Mike, it's real. All right, your emotionalism is true. I'm gonna stick to the word of God. Right. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and rock out there.
0: Yeah. And this is exactly oh, it. Man. It's, it's fishing guys. If I throw out, like yeah, I was ahead. sitting, I was saying, let me just, let me just, so I was sitting in a, and I was watching this live prophet. Uh, she, uh, she claims she's an apostle and I was watching her and, and yes, what she does. She, she says, she says, she got a crowd of people They they're all on this zoom or teams thing. And they've got all the screens, she's got the screens, with all the names and the faces and there's like 50 people watching. And she says, um, for one of you, when COVID hit, life became really difficult.
1: Listen to me. Said this person claimed to be an apostle. Listen to me very yeah. clearly. I get it. Yeah. How so- I can understand why some of you think there might be prophets today, right? Because you can you can try and people can try and bend some stuff, right? But here's what I'm gonna throw out there. If you believe that there's a, a anybody's an apostle, this one is one of those. I'm gonna quote Janice here. Uh, good old Janice, you might as well slap yourself because I'm gonna just be honest with you. I I don't know how you could be a Christian that reads their word of God and doesn't realize that an apostle cannot be in existence today. It would not make sense. There's a limited number of thrones for the apostles. One, Mm. two, an apostle's criteria must be a witness of the resurrection, must have Mm -hmm. seen the risen Christ. So, if anyone's an apostle today, It's over. He's back. And if he's back, I don't need an apostle. Like, he's back. Like, there's no apostles today. I don't care what anybody says. And then when you ask them, how does one become an apostle or bishop? Like that video I stitched. She said, well, the apostles and prophets can anoint any of the fivefold, but only But uh, none of these three, the teachers, whatever, they can't anoint anything. And an apostle can anoint a prophet. A prophet can anoint an apostle. So what y'all got is... A pyramid scheme in Christianity that starts around the charismatic movement start. Because if you really go back prior to the charismatic movement, tongues is not gibberish. There's no 57 prophets walking down the street. There's not 87 people talk about fivefold ministry. You go back 250 years, none of this exists. <laughs> Suddenly, they're all existing. And if you trace each one's lineage, like you run into an apostle, ask them who anointed you. And just trace it back, you're gonna end up as some dude that used to be a janitor, and suddenly he was apostle, uh yeah, see, or yeah. something. Like, come on, guys, come on, fixing
0: cause, yeah. And no, I mean, and here's the question. I just dumb. want to quickly address this.
1: Well, why? We'll this. Yeah, oh, go ahead. this one. I was just gonna say an yeah. apostolic church means that it follows apostolic traditions, however, there are some churches that call themselves apostolic because they believe they came from you know some of these apostles a couple hundred years ago. So I would find out why the church you're talking to is apostolic, like Orthodox or Catholic. They're going to refer to their church as apostolic uh, because they believe they come from the apostolic traditions. But even they don't believe they have apostles today because like credit to them. They understand what an apostle is.
0: Facts. I mean, and yeah, we see this question. Why would Jesus say beware of false prophets if there are no prophets? That's exactly it. There we go. You've just answered the question yourself. Beware of false prophets. There are no prophets. There are no prophets. If someone comes out and says, I am a prophet, Here, he is a false prophet. Notice everywhere else we see. There is no identification. We are not told this is how you identify a true prophet, but we are told how to identify those who are truly in Christ. Those who are truly in Christ will represent Christ firstly, accurately, will bear fruit that is of the Holy Spirit and will represent Christ according to his word, not according to our own thoughts and our own wild imaginations. Because let's be honest, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. This is what Paul says. I thought I was going to be Batman. I badly wanted to be Batman. Here I am. I'm not Batman. Like, <laughs> like, didn't work, Did work out. <laughs> it didn't didn't work out so yeah we've got people and i get it i get it they they really want to be apostles and i'm not saying that they don't have zeal and i'm not saying that they don't really love jesus but what i am saying is is they are not being honest they are not being honest with themselves and they're not being honest to the text because someone once said yeah Someone wants no, to say, ahead, like that, you said, trace, it, trace the lineage and you're going to come up short. Because you're what, yeah, what like Mike said, go and try and find any apostles prior to the 1800s. Then go further, 1700s, 1600s. When the King James Bible was written, there were no, pro, no prophets, no apostles to speak of. All of a sudden, at the turn of the 18th century, bam, they're popping up like wildfire. Because someone took the text and said, oh! Of some, he made prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists. Oh, wow. So I could be this. And then people started with this whole fivefold ministry. And, and uh, you know, bro, bro, dangerous dangerous go to the early church there with prophets and apostles again that's that's a we're discussion we can have you know, God. that's not body. true and we we're to not
1: we're not, we're, we're not gonna go ahead and yeah. argue about that what early church the the Aryan early early church Paul said uh uh you know I am the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain first of all someone said something about um You know, Paul was an apostle and he wasn't one of the 12. He replaced Matthias. I'm a firm believer in. Now, I know some people will say he didn't, but I'm a firm believer that when they tried to pick Matthias to replace Judas, God made it very clear that I choose the replacement. That's my job because he has to be chosen by Jesus. Matthias wasn't chosen by Jesus, so Paul replaces Judas. But I'm not here to have an argument uh, when the evidence shows that there are no apostles, because the criteria is witness to the resurrection. Let all men be liars, let God be true. Acts chapter 2 says you must be a witness to the resurrection. So therefore, anyone who claims to be an apostle born after 60 A.D. cannot be an apostle, uh, uh, honestly, after 36, 35 A.D., Uh, cannot be an apostle. So let's keep going. Earlier, we were talking about the sermon before this got sidetracked because we are having a live conversation. We talked about how people uh, can twist the word of God and why it's important for you to understand the word of God. And what better uh, practical application is there than to dive into uh, Luke chapter four, where we have uh, 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 Satan tempting Jesus, because the way Satan tries to tempt him is by quoting scripture. And while doing so, doing so obviously in a in a, in a a way to try and mislead who Jesus is. He doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't know who he is. He's trying to, uh, he knows that he is the son of God because Jesus claims that. But what I do wanna make clear is that I don't believe that Satan knew exactly whose presence he was in. Because I believe if Satan would have known it, he would never have even tempted this stuff. I, I, I don't think Satan's that stupid. I think he's wise. I think he thought this was another one of uh, God's prophets, uh, and he's trying to uh, tempt him and try and mislead him from fulfilling the mission. And that's why he tries to get him killed and gets him killed, and doesn't realize that what he was doing was actually a part of the plan. And by killing Jesus, he actually uh, played a part in his own demise. Right? That's that's neither here nor here, uh, near here nor there. Now let's go into it and see how he tries to tempt Jesus. Let's read it. Cause what we're going to do is we're going to read what the, uh, uh, what the, what the, what he quotes, but we're going to go back and actually look at what he's quoting. Right. So to see what exactly he's trying to do and how he's misquoting things. And it says that he ate nothing during those days. And when they, uh, they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Now let me quickly, um, oops, you can't see it when I try and pull up my cross, uh, cross, uh, references, but I can throw it, uh, on a different window. And it says in the de- and then Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil looked, uh, took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all the author- this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and i give it to whom i will if you then will worship me it will be all it will all be yours and jesus answered him it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only you shall serve and he took him to jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of a temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourself down from here for it is written so here goes satan about the quote scripture because jesus is rebuking him with scripture back to back, right? So Satan is trying to get him and he rebukes him with scripture. Satan's trying to get him. He rebukes him with scripture. So now Satan tries to twist it. So he's quoting here. Let me go ahead and open it up. Psalm 9, uh, verse 11. We're going to read all of it real quick. So quickly, let's read how he quotes it. He says, oh, I have to press back. That's stupid. Satan says he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against stone. So the way that he tries to quote this is you're good. God won't let this happen to you. God won't, God won't let you are, if you are this, he said these things. Now Jesus knows the scriptures. So let's see the scripture that Satan's quoting. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadows A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. And it goes into, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up, Lest you strike your foot against a stone, you will tread on the lion and the adder. The younger, li- the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. So, what's the hilarious thing here? The first thing is the passage that Satan quotes, but doesn't actually say, ends with what sa- what Jesus is going to end up doing to Satan. You, <laughs> the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. But if you see this, it is a command saying that. I will not allow anything to come near your tent. It is not about you can jump off this cliff and and God's going to protect you no matter what. But Satan, we see, is just trying to misquote scripture. We see this all the time. JD just talked about it. JD just talked about it. Where we see these people that use scripture in a very twisty way. Because verse numbers are added, right? Look at this. Verse numbers weren't added yet, but Satan was quoting verse numbers. Satan was chicken uh, uh, cherry picking, right? He was literally grabbing, well, obviously not grabbing verse numbers, but what I mean by that is grabbing lines out of context. And this is what he already does. And Jesus responds to him saying, <laughs> and Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And he's quoting right here, Isaiah. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. He's also quoting uh, Deuteronomy as well. So we could go to Deuteronomy 6 first. Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him in Massah. You shall diligently keep the commands of the Lord your God and his testimonies and statutes with which he commanded you. And then he also is quoting all in the same thing because Isaiah says the same thing. If I can go back. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said to them, Hero O house of David, is it too little for you to for you to weary men and you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isn't that interesting? These scriptures in this moment, even Satan misquotes a scripture that can still point back to Jesus winning, and then Jesus rebukes him with a scripture that points to Jesus. I love it. I love it. But again, don't if you don't know the Word of God, if I speak in human terms, I'm about to take a page out of uh, Paul's book when he's about to be like, "Don't I'm not. I don't mean to blaspheme God because I shouldn't even be saying these words, but." Imagine for a second, Jesus didn't know the word of God. Right. That's why I said I speak in human terms, because obviously Satan could have been like, hey, you're good. Obviously, we know this is impossible. But my point is, why do we go out the house not knowing the word of God, knowing that they, the snakes are out there trying to tempt you at all times? Trying to say, hey, don't you know God wants you to be comfortable and God wants you to do this and God's got something great in store for you? Let me take you over here real quick, Hebrews, this, this, and that. Don't you know your race is a chosen race? Let me take you over here to Deuteronomy this. Let them, don't you know that you don't have to follow any of that or do any of that because you got to properly divide this stuff up? Don't you know? Like this is what Satan did in the garden. What do you say in the garden, JD? Is that, yeah. is that what God said?
0: <laughs> is it? Just it just, is- just just a slight variation. That's all it is. Just slightly distort what it's like. Did he really say you were going to die? Did he really say you can't eat of every tree? Did he really this? Did he really that? And to this day, we see people are so easily tripped up by God's nature, God's character, just slightly being distorted and people slightly distorting the text of the scriptures. And then, oh, so that is possible. Again, let's let's just look at the Greek term here, apostolos. If we look at it, that means to be called out to preach called out to share the message. Um, And and I'm seeing a lot of people trying to defend. Again, yes, there are a lot of people called out. What are we told to do? We are called to make disciples of all nations. What we are saying, unequivocally, it's a wall I'm going to die on. Pretty sure I speak for Mark when I say he's going to die on that same wall. There are no apostles of Christ today. Let me put it that way. There are no apostles operating in that way.
1: Yes, yeah, semantically, any of us can be the English version of what apostle means, right? we got to understand exactly. it's being written this way. Like, okay, John the Baptist is called an angelos. He, but we all believe that he's not an angel. He's a messenger, right? But yeah. but the word angelos gets translated to angel when we talk about the angel that visited Mary. Go ahead. If you got your Greek your lexicon, look at it right now. Yeah. John is called an angelos. Also, Jesus sends two angelos ahead of him, the disciples. We know his disciples weren't angels. Um, so we have to understand that these terms, regardless in Acts chapter two, you can't get me past there, that they must witness the resurrection with us. And we know that an apostle is also called by Jesus himself. Right. So, again, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to argue these things with you guys. If you want to believe there's an apostle, good luck following that person. That's yeah. crazy. Um, But but and also there is an apostle, James, who is not the, the James, the just. Right. So people get this confused. Uh, there's an apostle, James in the in in the in the uh gospels that's not James the just who is the half brother of jesus uh so like the letter of james isn't written by the apostle james he's written, it's yeah. written by half brother uh, of jesus who of Christ, is yeah. uh the bishop he becomes a bishop right um so just side note there
0: yeah again and, um, i saw that comment as well and i was heading there so i'm glad you touched on it um again you've we've seen this i've seen this question a couple of times eating pork is is not sinful today um nothing eating anything is not sinful today but what paul says if you've if you've got personal conviction over meat and you don't want to eat meat by all means don't eat meat but what we cannot do is tie what we eat to our salvation the cleanliness laws and levitical laws when it comes to eating and and being clean uh, and what is and what isn't clean does not apply to us today because jesus christ's blood has paid the ultimate thing, Jesus Christ has already fulfilled every single, every single thing that was promised by God. He was the only one to walk out the Torah, live out the Torah. We no longer are bound by Levitical laws and ordinances because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. So if you if so, you don't want to eat pork, go for it. Don't eat pork. Bless you.
1: It's really about where your heart is and your faith is. I'll read the word of God. Uh, uh, We can start right here. Um, The one who uh, observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us live to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live, or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord, both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, say the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one of whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus Amen. serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is, it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. And this is, this can hit home for a lot of you on a lot of things. Now, this isn't about like the, like you in a, a rebellion against God, right? Like if you feel like it's from faith to have 17 wives, right? That's not what this is saying. We're talking here Man. about the aspects of your worship. We have people that were honoring the Lord by not eating, people that honor the Lord by eating, uh, different types of days that they worship. And I love how it actually starts. It starts by saying, let the, every person, oops, that's the wrong chapter. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him not to quarrel over opinions. And then it says one person believes he may eat anything while the other person eats only vegetables. If you go down here for a second and see what he said um, when we were reading it, it was an interesting part where he said uh, right here, do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. This person with weak faith. Comes in and then you bash them like you should be, you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas, you shouldn't be eating pepperoni, you shouldn't be doing this. They're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, I'm not doing the right thing, and I'm not saved. And Jesus doesn't love me, I just give up and they go shoot up heroin. (laughs) Did I take that far? And this, the things just escalated. But my point not is, you don't, know, you don't know where someone is at mentally, right? You're tearing them down. The Lord is the one who teaches us and builds us up with the Holy Spirit in us. If that person does things a little bit different than me, then I let them, like, for example, I love Christmas, not because I'm worshiping a tree or because it's pagan. No, because <laughs> it's a chance for my family to come together, watch some good movies, and just be together while we think about Jesus, who we love, right? You're, I'm going to be Christian every day, no matter what. You letting me be off from work on it? Like, listen to me. I'm going to be Christian on December 25th, no matter what. Okay? like I'm going to praise his holy name no matter what on that day. So you're right. It's not his birthday. I love when Christians say, hey, Mike, you know it's not his birthday. Yeah. You want me to go to work? You want me to say, hey, guys, no, I'm going to work today. Like, what what do you want me to do? I'm going to enjoy my Christmas holiday. It's not anything to me. The one who worships Amen. on this day, what, what, what are you doing? Like, And if someone comes to me and says, I don't do it, hey, that's fine, brother. I get your conviction. That's what you do. But got it. we're not called to play stumbling blocks in front of each other. And a lot of people yeah. do that. they like, yo, you got to walk like me, talk like me, act like me, be like me. But it says here, we all live to the Lord. We all fall to the Lord. We die to the Lord. We live to the Lord. So it is by the Lord we are upheld. Keep your faith between you and God.
0: Blessed is the man who doesn't judge himself. Boom. Where's the sound effects? I was too late. I was too late. I couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. That'll preach you. That'll absolute failure. That'll
1: preach.
0: I understand, guys. I understand. And again, I just want to address this, and I'm just going to say it loud and clear to everybody that's in the chat that disagrees with us with regards to this. We are not attacking you as individuals. I hear you. I hear your arguments. I've heard these arguments for the last few years. um, And again, this is a debate that will carry on. Here's the biggest thing because I've got to sign off. I've got to get my kids to school and my wife to work. But here's the biggest thing which will never, ever, 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 ever change. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ will save anyone who believes on him, who, has, who presents, as we see, Paul says in Acts chapter 20, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Romans 10, 9 and 10, 1 Corinthians 15. If you've believed the gospel, how Christ Jesus died for your sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, you will be saved um that's what we push amen amen i thought it might might work (laughs) (laughs) and that's the core of mike and my ministry that's why we team up that's why we are brothers in christ because we want to bring those who haven't heard the gospel the gospel and at the end of the day we are not preaching a message of condemnation. We are preaching a message of reconciliation, as we see in Romans chapter 8. Again, we stick true to what the Bible says. If it's not in the Bible, then it's not from God. That's, that's the bottom line. And again, sometimes when, as we have seen, people will take certain parts of the Bible and make it say what they want to say. And and I think Dr. Michael Hazer actually has a has a video on YouTube where he actually speaks on how people how people can make the Bible say whatever they want it to say. And this is why anyone who gets up and preaches, anyone who gets up and teaches must at least have a finite understanding of the Hebrew and the Greek and how these words can mean multiple things again. Like I say, the word servant is 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 one in the English. The word, if I say to you, I'm someone's servant, if I say to you, I'm someone's slave, your understanding of servant and slave are two different things. But here's the reality in the Greek, there's just one word doulos. That's the only word in the Greek. There is no other word for slave and servant. In fact, in English, it goes one further. To bond servant. So when some translations in Philippians says Jesus Christ took on the form of a servant. Others say Jesus Christ took on the form of a slave. Others say Jesus Christ took on the form of a bond servant and was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We see the same word there in the Greek. Doulos. I'll show you, you what we got the time
1: of how deep this word is when you look at the dictionary as well. Um, let me see yeah. if i can find it real quick a uh, servant uh, uh, servant 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 i know i'll find it there's a word ah here we go let me go ahead and open this up oh that's not the one uh i don't have the right dictionary open we were looking at it before let me go back
0: yeah so just i again, gotta take uh, my book
1: I got a more in detail. Let me find the more in detail dictionary because that one's just plain.
0: (laughs) Some people told, okay, guys, here's another one. Some were telling me to cancel my wedding in October because they're sure that he is coming in this month. Again, be be careful. Again, this is perfect for this topic of of discernment. Uh, (laughs) Date setters, anyone who's telling you when Jesus Christ is coming back, no one knows. No one knows. No one knows, no one knows. End. Oh, the it's end. the
1: Hebrew, it's the Hebrew one, that's what it was. I was just trying to show the deepness of some of these words the word slave or servant in Hebrew. It can mean slave, servant of household, manservant, servant of servants, humblest servant, house of slaves, Israel in Egypt, king of Babylon is slave to, uh, and it's got something there it says the borrower to or lender. Of, of beast, of thing, subjects, of chief. And if you see, this definition goes long, right? So I was trying to show, I know I came a little late with that, as you were explaining you know how some of these words have so much com- complex meaning behind it that you can't just assume that in English, it's like, oh, that word means this.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this I is will, why when people say we'll you can only her. read And this is the other one. This is the other one out there. You can only read this English version. If you are reading any other English version, it's not the Bible. False. Horribly false. I love the King James Bible. I read the King James Bible. If anyone asks me, what version do you read, J.D.? I say the King James Bible. Mike prefers the ESV. I I have another brother who prefers the NASB. Here's the reality. We can sit, we can compare scriptures, we can go back to the manuscripts and we can see how they got to those translations. That's the beauty of God's word and the beauty of him saying he will preserve his word. Satan doesn't have more power. Then this is the question I say to people. I was saying this the other day. So you think for the first 1600 years, like there was no Bible in the English language and all of a sudden it was revealed. So everyone who spoke English, Prior to the 1600s, they were just out of luck. (laughs) Too bad, so sad. No, (laughs) it's not how it works. Revelation wasn't just all of a sudden found in the 1600s. Like God has preserved his word through people, through, through, through his disciples, through those who have been preaching the gospel, through evangelists, through angels, through prophets, through apostles. God preserved his word and we stand on his word. And that's why today, where we are at, Satan doesn't have that power to have 150 corrupt versions of the Bible, and there's just one good version. Like like God managed to get one out, and Satan managed to get like 10 corrupt versions. That's that's just not yeah. Anyway, I'll gotta yeah, bounce.
1: Yeah, I, I know like you're more. out of time, so let's go ahead and get out of here, guys. Um, I'll hop over to TikTok for a little bit, but I really am not staying on late. I know they said it all the time, but I'm not. I had some good news I was gonna announce, but now I'll probably just talk about it on TikTok, Um, and JD I'll talk about uh, it privately with privately with you later. Um, but guys, we appreciate you for joining us uh, tomorrow. We'll be reading the Bible. New episodes drop every Friday at 8 AM uh, central. So if you want to watch it with the live premiere, you can, if not, it's on YouTube after that. And then we will be back on Wednesday at 9 PM central for another episode. Uh, so if you're not following, subscribing and hitting all that stuff, Jay's got some merch. I got some merch. You really don't, you just hang out with us. Uh, doesn't there's no obligations here. Uh, So we love you guys. We hope you have a blessed and amazing night. And uh, as always, I guess, uh, God bless and go in peace.